Welcome to Mary's Cup of Tea, the self-love podcast for women. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski, an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that will inspire you to love yourself. Hello, self-lover. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to make sure you know about my two books on self-love. If you're struggling with body image or self-acceptance, then I highly recommend you check out my first book, The Gift of Self-Love. It's a comprehensive workbook to help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to love who you are. Thousands of people have this book and the five-star reviews are so amazing. They give me so much life. So I hope that this is something that can help you too. You can get it wherever books are sold by searching for The Gift of Self-Love or go to my website, maryscupoftea.com slash book. After releasing The Gift of Self-Love and reading all your positive feedback, I realized that we really needed something to keep us going every single day. So not a deep dive workbook, but maybe like a micro dose of self-love in your daily life, which is why I wrote 100 Days of Self-Love. It's a guided journal with, you guessed it, 100 prompts that cover so many areas of life, including body, identity, purpose, emotions, mindset, relationships, and more. So you can really think of it as a metaphor multivitamin, something to keep you going, or as I like to say, growing on your self-love journey. You can get this journal wherever books are sold as well by searching for 100 Days of Self-Love or go to maryscupoftea.com slash journal. It's my mission to share all the self-love tea with you, so I hope that both my books and this podcast can do just that. In attempts to be more mindful of my energy expenditure, especially during a time of year that can get a little bit hectic, I thought it would be fun to experiment with an encore episode for this week. This is a podcast that was originally published over two years ago called Habits That Have Made Me a Better Person. And when I re-listened to this episode, I thought, oh my goodness, I could have said every single word literally just yesterday. Like it feels so recent and so real and present for me now, even though I recorded it two years ago. Kind of fun to see what Mary from years ago thought about life and the world. And I think that some of the things she, she, (laughs) talk about myself in third person. Okay, Mary. I think I touched on a lot of themes that are even more true today than they were two years ago. Oh, and a super quick thing before we get into it. If you've been enjoying this podcast, I would really love to hear how it's impacted you in the form of a rating on Spotify or a review on Apple Podcasts. Actually, what's pretty exciting is that on Spotify, you can now answer questions directly in the podcast episode screen that you're listening in, it's probably going to say something like, what's your biggest takeaway from this episode? And if you just respond to that in a comment, that's also really fun for me to see what you think. I don't want this this whole podcast to be one-sided. So hearing from you just really helps me feel like there is somebody receiving it on the other side. And of course, your ratings and reviews help the show grow, help me continue doing this, and hopefully I can create even better episodes for you next year. So if you don't mind leaving a rating and review, I would appreciate that so much. And without further ado, let's get into five habits that have made me a better person. Hello, my self-lovers. Welcome to another episode of the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I have had this lingering cold for about a week, 
So I'm a little bit congested. Excuse the nasally voice, although I sound a little bit like Fran Fine and who can be mad at that? (laughs) I literally grew up watching The Nanny. She basically raised me. If you don't know who The Nanny is, highly recommend watching an episode and letting yourself laugh. But anyways, today I wanted to do a non-exhaustive list of habits that have made me a better person. And by no means am I claiming that I'm Mother Teresa or that I'm the best person in the world for that matter. But keyword here is better. Habits that have made me a better person. So hopefully these are things that we don't think about too often because they're a little bit more specific than you would think. So let's dive in. The first habit that has dramatically improved my life, and I've been doing this since I could read, and that is reading. And I think that as kids, a lot of us grew up reading. Maybe your parents read to you, or it was just the only thing to do before we had cell phones, or you were required to read at school. But as adults, it's kind of hard to force yourself to read. For me personally, I was one of those kids that never came anywhere without a book. I would put my book behind my textbook in class so that I could read without the teacher noticing that I'm not actually reading the textbook, but reading my own book. I think it's just a lot harder to disconnect and sit down and read for an extended period of time like we used to. Even in like movies that I watch from back in the day, like people read the newspaper. They didn't just get their news from Instagram. They actually did a lot of reading or even if it was magazines or books or journals, like it was the way we got information. And now information is thrown at us. The only reading that we do do that is encouraged, and I'm not discouraging from this, but audiobooks have clearly become more and more popular. And I'm really glad they have because obviously they've made reading more accessible. But I still think there is value in sitting down to read a book. Of course, there's an accessibility factor to this. For example, if somebody has a learning disability like dyslexia, that might be a little harder. Very sympathetic to that. But even if you're listening to an audiobook, usually we kind of half-ass listen. We don't actually sit down and listen because we're just always on the go. And for me, I have this quota that I want to read at least two books per month. And I actually like to have a real physical book. Sometimes I'll get a Kindle if I need the book right now. I'm impatient. But usually I like to order a actual copy of the book so that I can underline and write in it and then later gift it. And the books that I order generally are secondhand. Even on Amazon, there's an option to buy secondhand, but I also find books at Goodwill or you can go to your local library. Obviously, don't don't write in it if you get a book at your library. But everything from fiction to nonfiction, autobiographies, eroticas, like it doesn't matter what genre you're reading. It more so matters that you're just sitting down slowing down and letting yourself absorb information in a linear fashion. 
I want to say that again, slowing down and allowing yourself to absorb information in a linear fashion. If you think about it, all the information that we consume on social media, obviously, is always being thrown at us from so many different directions. And our attention is spread so thin. That's why they call it the attention economy because everybody is fighting for our attention. And that is totally fine to each their own. But my point is that absorbing information in a linear fashion is something we don't do anymore. And reading is one of those easy ways that you can force yourself to do it. And that ability to slow down and to process what you're consuming and not be looking for the next best thing or the next glamorous picture on social media. So anyways, you know what I mean. Reading just makes you empathetic and thoughtful and conscientious and it broadens your vocabulary. This is not about being smart. This is more about having more words to express yourself with, to feel more deeply, to understand and be understood, and to experience more of life. When you have more words to describe something, you just feel more things and you feel very specific things. Yesterday, I was catching up with an old friend of mine from Calgary. She was actually my best friend in Calgary, got me through my breakup. I slept on her couch. We met because she was my lab partner in college and we were really, really close the whole time I lived in Calgary. So we were on the phone for like two hours yesterday and she's really big on languages and learning different languages and she speaks a few and I speak English and Russian and I'm trying to learn Spanish. So she asked me, she's like, what's a word in Russian that you can't translate to English or like you can, but it's just not the same. And one of the words that came to mind is a Russian word. It sounds like taska. And taska is kind of like a feeling of longing and boredom and nostalgia and just a whole mesh pesh, mesh pesh. Is that a word? <laughs> a whole mesh of these different emotions. It's not necessarily negative, but it's more like you remembered an old memory and you're longing for it but not because you're sad, but more so because you're happy that it happened. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's really, really difficult to translate. See, like I'm trying to like pick these words in English just to paint a picture of this concept that we have one Russian word for. And there's stuff like that in every single language. And there's probably also a lot, or for sure, there are a lot of English words and phrases that can create Again, more feelings, more experiences, more things that you can describe for yourself and for others. And it just makes you understand things deeper, I guess. So that's part of the reason why I love reading. And speaking of slowing down and slowing down your brain and processing feelings and emotions, the number two habit that I wrote down is journaling. 
I know you probably just rolled your eyes slightly because you're sick of hearing about journaling, because it's something you know you should do, but you can't bring yourself to do. And everybody talks about how great it is, but you just don't know where to start. At least that's how I feel a lot of the times when I think about journaling. And I wrote down journaling every morning. And let's be honest, I do not journal every morning as much as I try to. But I do try to journal at least three to four times a week. And my format is very free-spirited. Like I don't work from prompts or anything like that. I just write two shitty pages per day. And the shitty part is very important because you cannot get hung up on how good the words are or how coherent your thoughts and sentences are. You just have to write stream of consciousness style. And that's what I try to do every morning. And the reason why this habit is just so important to employ is because again, it's an opportunity to slow down your thinking and to be self-reflective and most importantly, self-aware. Once you can slow down your brain and actually put these thoughts into sentences that you can actually look at from an objective third person point of view, then what you'll find, and this is what I love so much about journaling, what gives me so much pleasure and satisfaction, is a lot of the things that I write down that I see as problems or things to fix or things to do or all the things in my mind where it's kind of like not enough, like I have to do this and I have to do that and I have a problem with boyfriend saying this and my best friend that. And it's just like all these like thoughts that are kind of problem focused, once you write them all out and look at them, you kind of realize that half the things, at least half the things you thought were problems are actually not, or at least not as severe as you make them out in your head. And that's kind of the power of slowing down your thinking and writing down everything that comes to mind because you don't hold back with what you write down, but then you look back on it and you're like, oh shit, (laughs) this is actually not as big of a deal as I thought. Or, oh, there's actually a very clear solution to this because I had an opportunity to slow down and write about it. So I guess the big theme is just slowing down your mind. And that's obviously extra hard to do in the attention economy and with us constantly multitasking and juggling so many things. And I know I've said this before, but with the rise of feminism, I feel like, and by the rise of feminism, I mean like this third wave feminism that we're in right now. It's like women have so many pressures and expectations. And then we also, like we still have to submit to old gender roles, but we also have to have a career and be successful and be smart and look good and just do all of these things. And we still have the original gender things of like, look a certain way, raising kids, keep up the house, act like a lady, like all of those pressures. And now on top of it, we're also juggling feminism, like feminist expectations of like, get an education and a great job and forward your career and build a business and have rental properties and make more money and don't rely on a man and just all these messages that are seemingly good, but it's just a lot. It's just a lot for us to handle. So my point is, no matter who you are, 
we can't argue that we are just dealing with more these days. Not that I was alive in the last century that I got to experience it, but I feel like it's safe to say that with the rise of technology, it's made our lives easier physically, but more emotionally and mentally taxing because it's just a lot. So number three, this is a fun one, but one thing that I've realized just made me maybe not a better person, but a happier person is singing and dancing any chance I get. Like the amount of times that I just randomly break out in a song or dance in front of boyfriend at the house or just randomly when I'm talking to friends, like certain things I just want to sing to you. Like it's so fun. And one of my friends told me this quote and it said, happy people hum. And that really landed with me because I'm not a hummer. I'm more of like a sing words kind of thing. But I have noticed that a lot of people that I see as being a little bit more with a pep in their step, I guess they hum just like a random tune and it's sweet. And self-expression is just the purest form of creativity. And it's so liberating and freeing and fun. (laughs) That should be enough just because it's fun. So this is your sign to sing and dance any chance you get, whether you're getting dressed or undressing and you're dancing naked in your bathroom, or you just break out in a song while you're talking to someone or just anything fun and silly and goofy, like let yourself be that. Not everything has to be so serious. And I'm actually practicing taking myself less seriously. That's one of my big intentions for the month. Number four, Spending sober and cell-free time with those I love the most. Sober and cell-free time. I think a lot of us, we rely on our cell phones and a drink or a smoke if you entertain that. But I think there's something special about being fully, fully present, mind, body, and spirit with the people you love. Like I love swimming with my sister. Swimming is fun because you can't bring your cell phone into the pool. Playing Scrabble. We play competitive Scrabble in this house and it's so much fun because again, it's an opportunity for you to just slow down and use your brain and be connected to the people that are close to you. Like it's it's so special. Boyfriend and I also play competitive badminton. (laughs) We literally set up a badminton court in our backyard. We got one of those portable badminton courts on Amazon. And it's nice because you could pop it up, bring it with you anywhere to the park or out on the street, and you can play competitive badminton. It is literally so fun. I can't even express to you. It was one of our big quarantine activities because we were sitting at home so much that I just needed something active to do. And I got this badminton set and it ended up being such a big hit. Like me and boyfriend, me and my sister, when our friends come over, they're obsessed with it. I've literally taken it on trips. Like we pop it up and we go at it. Long drives. Long drives are also an opportunity to put away your phone, turn off the music and just be present. Like just meditate, you know, or if you're with someone, just talk, have a conversation, like put your phone away, slow walks, coffee dates, things like that. Like life really is about those little moments of connection. Number five, 
the last habit that has made me a better person that I have for you today. Again, this is a non-exhaustive list. Obviously, there is so much more. But the last thing I wrote down is shopping secondhand. I have gotten so into shopping secondhand over the past two years. Like, I truly do not remember when was the last time that I bought something new. I love going to consignment stores. When it comes to like thrifting and buying secondhand, you can go as thrifty, like Goodwill, or as high end, like a luxury consignment store, as you want. There's also so many things on sites like Poshmark and Depop and all over the internet, eBay even. And if you're looking for something particular, especially if it's a piece that you know you're going to really, really love, there is truly no point in buying things at the full price. And when I'm shopping secondhand, I try to look at quality, obviously, over anything and things that are going to last me a lifetime or maybe not a lifetime, but years. Like you know, the capsule wardrobe kind of idea. And that's just clothes. Also furniture, boyfriend and I are completely redoing our home and with full confidence, if you walk into our house, there is not a single thing in there that we bought new. Nope, I lied. We did buy one chair from Target. (laughs) Besides one chair from Target and maybe our curtains because we needed a certain length that was really long. Besides that chair and curtains, there's nothing that I bought brand new. Everything is secondhand. Everything has a story. It's just so fun searching for these special pieces. You get a deal. It's fully assembled. Everything is just cheaper and easier and more sustainable for the planet. The only downside is that if somebody asks you where you got something, it's kind of hard to explain to them because you're like, I thrifted it. I wish I could tell you where to find this, but you know, that's the beauty of being unique. And oftentimes my sister and I will make a day out of it. Like we'll go to a couple Goodwills and see what we can find. There's also antique stores. There's Facebook Marketplace. I am addicted to Facebook Marketplace because they have so much cool stuff. Boyfriend says, one person's trash is another person's treasure. (laughs) That is just so true. Like some people just want something that you would never think that they want. So sell it. Like don't be afraid to sell your stuff. I post the littlest, randomest things on offer up and Facebook marketplace. And I'm telling you that stuff sells like crazy. So it's nice because you make a little bit of cash and then you buy what you do want. Some of like the littlest things I sold is like candle holders. Like you'd think somebody could go to like home goods or Pier One Imports or Target and get their own candle holders. But no, people might be looking for a particular one or a particular style or they want a good deal. So I think it's just such a beautiful way to recycle. I think that fast fashion is just so overrated and having the latest, greatest, trendiest thing is a lot to keep up with. That sounds exhausting. And I think that thrifting and shopping secondhand just feels a lot more fun. And again, if that's not for you or if anything on this list is not for you and doesn't resonate, then ignore me. Just take what you need and leave out the rest. So that's all I have for you today. I love you so much. I hope you have a beautiful week and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. 
One last thing before we farewell, my self-lovers. If you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review on Apple or rate the show on Spotify. You can do this by searching for the show, Mary's Cup of Tea. Scroll all the way down on Apple Podcasts and you'll see stars where you can click one of the stars and leave a few kind words. It just means so much to me because I'm so behind the scenes when I'm podcasting, so I don't really get to see the impact of the show unless you leave a review. And on Spotify, there's just a button that says rate the show and it'll let you put however many stars you want. Your feedback helps the podcast grow. And as someone whose love language is words of affirmation, your kind words mean the world to me. Thank you so much for supporting the show and helping me spread the gift of self-love. I love you all so much and I will talk to you in next week's episode.